Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to life in toilet world. I'm one of the maestros of this podcast. My name is David. I'm joined by my friend Starly. Hi, Starly. Hi. And way down south in North Carolina land, down where the bayou meets <laughs> the gulf. John Kimball. Hi, John from North Carolina. Hello. The, the Asheville skyline looks amazing behind you. My Zoom background today, ladies and gentlemen, is the Asheville skyline. We're all a little bit down in the dumps, and I thought one thing that could cheer John up is if he saw one of the great skylines of Western North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. What I did was I hacked into Zoom, and I changed the code so that I could have my own background in Zoom, and that's what I've done to please my friend John Kimball. John Kimball, old friend, are you pleased? I am. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Rough weekend. Rough weekend. John, you hanging in there, buddy? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. John's like, none of this matters. Nothing is going to change the course no, of the election. No, I'm not saying uh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. No. I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Did you lean in harder to predict it this weekend, John, than you would have on a different weekend? No, about the same. All of the volume in uh, the the Electoral College market disappeared and went straight into the Supreme Court market. So I couldn't do what I normally do over there, which is just whatever. I noticed that. I think I noticed that. Starley, are you at the point now in your predicted career where you can notice the, a drop off in volume of trades and be like, something's up. The volume in this market, it just feels a little light today. Hmm. I think I wasn't aware that's what I was noticing. But now that John says it, yes, because I have invested in that market. I bought into a lot of different brackets. Nothing moved. It's interesting buying into a bracket that I have no emotional investment at all. Just numbers. Yeah, yeah. I guess this is how John feels about every market. <laughs> I feel bad that I got you in into it, and then it sort of was stagnant this weekend. It's all your fault that RBG died. Yes. What a dumpy weekend. What's going to happen, John? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on Senate rules or the U.S. judiciary. I really don't know what's going to happen. I know we're going to go through this process where he is going to attempt to appoint somebody. Whether that happens in the lame duck or, or before the lame duck is, is anyone's guess. But I, I think he'll be successful in getting somebody through, and I'm not sure who that will be. As of this morning, he's announced that he he's going to, out of respect to RBG, wait until the, her services, her memorial services are over to nominate his selection meaning Friday or Saturday. He's also disputed that she said she, her most fervent wish is for a nominee to not be put forth until the after the election. What? He's disputing her deathbed proclamation? He said there's no proof that she <laughs> said that. Why wouldn't she say that? The woman respecter still undefeated. Number one chief woman respecter, President Trump. Trump also believed that Scalia was- murdered. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was so exciting. It was finally like a Trump conspiracy theory I could get behind that someone had suffocated Scalia with a with a pillow in his home because Scalia was in his home when he died. No, it right? wasn't. He wasn't. He was actually at a hotel, uh, like a resort. That's more suspicious. Yeah, that's better. Now I believe it too. Murder on the SCOTUS Express. It turns out everyone in the hotel was involved in this conspiracy. So here's what we know. Trump will nominate someone. Yep. He's going to nominate that 
conservative lady. According to him, as soon as the services are done, he will be, he will be making his nomination known. I don't even know if I believe he'll wait till the services are done. And also, I think the Democrats should drag out the services. Oh, my God. Yeah, the services should be like <laughs> some arcane Zoroastrian funeral thing that takes three months. It's like you start the service uh, on the first full harvest moon, and then the service ends after the ninth snowfall of... The decade. That's how that's how we're going to bury RBG one inch at a time over the course of six months. <laughs> mm. They should, though, right? If they were actually in it to win it, they should be starting now pulling the stunts. I think our funeral joke is pointing out the great chasm of our political life, which is the rules followers, the rules respecters. The referee implorers mm-hmm. versus the just like take power, fuck it. It's about the rule followers finally understanding that the other side is not playing by the rules, that there are no rules. I found this video of Lindsey Graham saying that we shouldn't nominate Supreme Court. He's toast. Ladies and gentlemen, Lindsey Graham is toast. He's being a hypocrite. If he sees this video, well, he'll have to he'll have to stand up to Mitch McConnell right. and refuse to nominate any. It's not that's not what it is. That's not what's happening. That's not what the that's not what's happening. Yeah, what's happening is as you said, it's a, it's a power move. It's not necessarily that they're breaking the rules. They make the rules. They are in power. The rules aren't fair. They're bad rules. They need to be changed. They're obviously not going to change them, but the rules say that they can do whatever they want and that's what they're going to do. We're upset that it's uh, that it's it seems unfair and it is. Do you think some of it, like when you're when you're on Twitter or whatever, and you see people who are so mad at the hypocrisy of Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just drives us crazy? Do you think some of that is kind of like a sublimated shame or embarrassment that mm-hmm. the Democrats aren't willing to just go ballistic and go in crazy like that and just make up the rules as they play the game? And is that a fundamental tension between the two parties, which is that the Republican Party is so nihilistic, like, what do they care about rules? Their goal is to disband the government in so many ways that precedent doesn't really matter because precedent serves institutions and they want to destroy institutions. I personally, I, I'm i not fixated on the hypocrisy. To me, it's, it's, it's what's to be expected. I feel that the reason RBG hits so hard and feels so bad is because she is a true hero uh, and she led a life of such honor and duty that to, I just thought they would maybe, I'm not sure it's, that's so stupid. I feel like I'm always like the dumb idealist and it makes me feel naive, but I'm not sure if I believe it's a done deal, the nominee is going to get in. I think it's possible we'll get the four dissenting votes to make it not happen. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mark Kelly in Arizona wins the special election. Mm-hmm. He's no vote number three. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth is... Uh, Romney? Maybe Mitt Romney. John does not look convinced. No. John is stealing himself and just being like, this is happening. Time to start moderating my psychological hell. I mean, that's what they've been living for. This is what you do. And so I think they're going to do it. It's just a matter of what the Democrats do in response to it. And the Democrats can do things. They can look at judicial reform and all sorts of things if they're able to take power. 
in the Senate. Packing the courts all night long. We're going to be packing these courts. Yeah. And I, that maybe it may have been something that needed to happen anyway, because our, our, the Supreme Court's a weird system anyway. But this might be the thing that forces Democrats to do it. And I, and I hope they will. It can't keep hinging on an arbitrary date. Oh, it's not November 3rd? Then I guess the next 50 years are decided. I wouldn't have a problem with the Republicans naming their justice because it is the rules. Oh my God. If they hadn't done what they did with Garland, obviously. In, in a world where Mayor Garland had been seated, then, you know, fair is fair. I would not have had a problem with them being able to seat their justice in an election year. But because he wasn't seated, then, yeah, I I do have a problem with it. That's the point that's so frustrating. We just got unlucky. So they get they get to name their person. That's how it works. I don't know if we know the whole system is so stupid and we know someone literally was trying not to die so that this wouldn't happen. I don't know if this is how it's supposed to work. I don't think democracy is supposed to work this way. I think democracy was supposed to be a work in progress. And we decided this is how it has to work. And we decided to stop amending things. We decided to stop factoring in that democracy is supposed to serve human beings. This is the whole problem with everything. This is, this is, I don't think it's asking too much for a deathbed wish to be heated with this few days. It's madness. People are already voting. I don't know. If Scalia had a deathbed wish, I would have been totally fine with ignoring it. It's like, well, there's nothing about the deathbed wishes in the Constitution. Then maybe we should. You want to add the deathbed wish clause to the Constitution? I want to I want to take some things into consideration. Do you have a strong opinion about people who said, why didn't Ruth Bader Ginsburg quit during the Obama administration if she's so worried about all this? Yeah, shut up. My strong opinion to those people is to shut up. She's like everybody else. She thought Clinton was going to win, so she thought it wouldn't matter. She's a human being, and she did what she thought was best. And we are about to elect an 80-year-old person who doesn't want to give up power. So we don't. We certainly don't encourage people to quit when they're w- right. when they get old. Right. So um, it's not like she was the old, only person over the age of 50 in American politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do we think it's going to affect? The election. I mean, you know, it seems like the hot take and the conventional wisdom is that this is going to fire up the Republicans and this is really going to help them in the Senate because Scalia's death in uh, 2016 and, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings in 2018, people believe that that was able to galvanize Republicans in the Senate, even though the Democrats won 40 House seats. And also those Senate seats were, you know, they were in red states. So I don't I don't know if the fact that the Republicans were able to win in Missouri and uh, North Dakota and Indiana means that much. But this time, does it fire up Republicans? Seems like it's firing up Democrats, isn't it? At least right now. I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it hurts Collins. I think the contrast between Kavanaugh and Ginsburg is pretty striking. And I think for a lot of Democrats... Kavanaugh feels like a real stain on the legitimacy of the Supreme Court because he's just a douchebag, drunk, crying frat boy. He's so transparently just a fucking drunk, spoiled crybaby that I do think maybe Democrats will be more open to like, yeah, fuck it, pack the court. This thing isn't magical. This isn't church. These people are not gods. Right. I mean, myself, I was like, I didn't care that they put a conservative on. It was like, I just didn't want Kavanaugh just didn't want this asshole. Have you guys ever listened to the Supreme Court arguments? <laughs> Have you listened to them? I think I've heard snippets. It's You can listen to them all. They're all on 
audio of them is available. It's really remarkable when you listen because like they're not that smart. They, know, they're just people. <laughs> they're just fucking. They're just nerds. But they're not even the best. They're not even the most well-spoken nerds that you and I know. Like the fact that we've anointed these nine people. Anointed for life. Lifetime appointment. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I kind of feel like Kavanaugh, at least for people of a certain generation, will have totally. I mean, Clarence Thomas obviously did that for a lot of people, but it just kind of takes the mystique off this institution. Any institution that has fucking Brett Kavanaugh as one of its nine members can't be that special. Well, if Ted Cruz gets on, then he'll restore at least that That's credibility. That's He'll restore the dignity. Tweeting out about how liberal men haven't grown their balls yet or whatever yeah. that was. That was just like, Ted, bro. John, get back to what you were saying about the election. Who's this going to fire up? Who's going to be motivated to come out versus who's going to stay home? I, I don't think it's going to... It's going to change anything. Um, and, uh, you know, so far the polling shows that it hasn't changed anything. I mean, the polling in the in the presidential election has just so three weeks ago on the 538 average, Biden was up seven point one percentage points over Trump. And today he's up six point eight. So it's it's about the same. But the forecast three weeks ago had Biden's likelihood of winning at 67 percent. And today it's at 77 percent, even though it's tightened a little bit. It's just we're continuing to get closer and closer and closer and nothing seems to be moving. So I don't think it's going to have that much of an effect. It seems to me that it is, unless another one happened, the October surprise. Not that we didn't expect RBG to die, but potential game changer. Right. And so I think we don't quite know how it's going to affect the election because we don't know how ugly it's about to get. I'm curious in how it's going to change things after the election. That's going to be interesting. I mean, what what is going to happen if Biden wins and has the Senate? Are they going to try to expand the court? I, I it's just I think it's going to be an ugly 6 months e- even if Democrats win. But I'm hopeful. I I really am hopeful that if the Democrats can win the Senate, then they can start to try to fix this problem. John, should everyone be donating money to Amy McGrath to defeat Mitch McConnell and hold him to account for his rank hypocrisy? Should we just keep flushing money down that big, huge blue hole in Kentucky? Please don't. <laughs> and Noah's driving John Kimball crazy all weekend. He's responding to every single person on Twitter who's like, just donated money to Amy McGrath to defeat Mitch McConnell. John Kimball shows up in the mentions. Please don't donate to the Senate race. Please do something else with your money. This makes no sense, guys. Did you tell them to put in Predict It? <laughs> no. You're wasting your money. Come on, Predict It. Get into the electoral college markets if you really want to make us positive change in the world. Look, Amy McGrath could win, but it's, it's so unlikely and it wouldn't decide the Senate. So it's just you want to put your money in Senate races that are closer and that are are going to flip the Senate, you know, like Cal Cunningham in North Carolina, obviously. He but he has a lot of money too. You maybe you want to put your money in Texas, which is, you know, three or four points right now. Okay. So do you think donating to any campaign matters right at this point? Like where really should our money go? It feels like we're we're so close to the election right now, and a lot of these people are flush with mm-hmm. cash that um, your money might be going to just like settling their debt 
they probably have enough money to run a million TV ads at this point. I'm not saying people shouldn't be giving money. I do wonder how much of a difference it makes. It seems like the bigger difference would be volunteering and texting and going door to door, even though I know the Democrats aren't doing that. I'm I'm looking at something called KFTC, which brings new voters into the system by registering re-enfranchise, the reenfranchised in Kentucky. Like there are also places like that that you can that you could redirect yeah. your money toward. Giving to organizations rather than yeah. campaigns and politicians. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And they're gonna need money as the election gets closer. For get out the vote and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah. Here's what I did this weekend, because this relates to money and resources and all of our precious time and all of our assets that we have. I decided after hearing about Ginsburg's death that I was going to go easy on social media. I knew it just, I just, that night I just knew exactly what it was going to feel like to be online all night and I knew it wasn't going to be good. I think the only thing I did was watch AOC's Instagram Live. I skipped, didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a little bit of it. You know, she's such a great communicator and I got a little teared up and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to call voters in Wisconsin this weekend. Then I went and sat and I think I did it through Pod Save America. I don't remember how, so I'm going to do some real talk here. I don't remember how I wound up on this voter calling thing. This looked like MS Word 95 calling voters in Wisconsin and you can't even hear them pick up. You just start talking after they've already answered the phone, but you haven't heard them answer the phone. It's just like so unnatural. And I did that uh, yesterday afternoon for a while. Oh my God, what a slog. I feel like back in 2008 when I was calling voters for Obama, I feel like that system was so streamlined and efficient and I mm-hmm. only had to have one thing open. This thing I had to like, this, this felt to me my experience of using this, and I would love to hear from people who have been killing it on the calling voters mm-hmm. thing. This experience for me felt like a parody of a Democratic consultancy. It's like, well, first you're going to need to get a Slack account because having a Slack channel is a great way for us to keep up to date on our hashtag. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to open Slack, which is something I swore to myself I would mm-hmm. never do. But desperate times call for desperate measures. I said, all right, fuck it. I'll go on Slack. And then I watched a Zoom thing, which is fine. We use Zoom every day here at Election Profit Makers World Headquarters. And and then I started using this application (laughs) through my laptop, but I had to plug my phone into my laptop to use my phone as the microphone that would activate the laptop or something. Calling these voters... And then entering everything in this in this website that didn't auto scroll up. So I was constantly like on my track, burning a hole in my fucking laptop trackpad, trying to figure out where I was in this voting script. Oh, so how likely are you to vote for, you know, all this kind of stuff? Whereas in 2008, maybe I have rose colored glasses, but I felt like calling for Obama was like so smooth and easy. This felt like running backwards through a broken Excel spreadsheet, trying to convince people you knew what you were doing. It was rough, but I did it. My friend phone banged over the weekend and he couldn't hang up on the person. The person was out to dinner and said, I'll talk to you, but I can't. I'm at dinner. It's not a good time. And there wasn't an option for not a good time. (laughs) And he couldn't get off the phone. There are going to be so many Sundance indie features next year about people who connect on these Pod Save America (laughs) mass dialing apps that can't disconnect from each other. So they just go to dinner with each other on speakerphone. (laughs) (laughs) So you really think it's worse than in 08? Oh my God. This thing, John, I don't, I can't remember how I found this link to dial voters in Wisconsin, but I truly felt like, am I like 
is this a Russian thing? Like, this thing is so discombobulated. Is this just supposed to be like, did Russia make this as a huge time suck so that I can't? Was it through Joe Biden's campaign? I mean, like, what was the URL you were on? It was a, it was a. Was it a .ru? It was, yeah. <laughs> it was called lotsoffun.ru slash XXX. Okay. Was that right? No. And I had to pay to use yeah. it in Bitcoin? Okay. No. Did I do a good job? Did I do a good thing? No, you, that's not good. I mean, I did talk to voters. I did talk to some voters about early voting and Make sure they had their plan to vote, obviously, which is what's important right now. I hear that text banking is easier and fun. I mean, I'm into easy and fun. I would love just once in my life to <laughs> feel like I'm contributing to an election and have it be easy and fun. I mean, door knocking can be fun. Door knocking is not easy. I used to love writing postcards, and I but it was like so easy and so fun. I felt like this can't be doing anything. This is too easy and fun. Is this effective? But if you're telling me that texting is actually easy and fun, I'll do that all day, every day. I mean, I love to text. As the two of you know, I will, I will I'll burn up people's phones. I'm a texting fiend. Emojis, bitmojis, photos, gifts, puns, jokes. Hook me up, Starly. Is this true? It can really work? Yeah. Well, so... First of all, let me give you let me give you some inspiration. Um, my friend Spencer, he's been text banking. This is some exchanges he got back with uh, voters he contacted. I've been giving what we discussed a lot of thought. You are right. Trump is a danger to our republic, so I will be voting for Biden. Also, Biden will decriminalize weed, and that's an important issue for me. Yeah, I'll t- I'm in. I'll text. Here we go. The part of that I'm afraid of what when phone banking is, I'm afraid of the technology the new technology, but I'm also just afraid I'm going to call them an idiot if they say they're voting for Trump. I don't think I can re- I can restrain myself at this point. It's why I can't canvas in person anymore. John got a little hot under the collar four years ago and he got and he had to. It was actually it was 2018, actually. Didn't you make a bet with somebody? Didn't you go to like Robeson County and make a bet with somebody at their front door about who was going to win the midterms or something? I think it was in Wake County with some guy. And yeah, I basically put my finger in his face and said, you're going to lose the house. We're going to take the house. And I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to come back and rub it in your face. I love John as the predicted.org street team just going up to random people's porches and being like, we're coming for the house, bro. It was very unprofessional. The thing that AOC said in her Instagram live that was like one of those little rhetorical blips that kind of rewires your brain, which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons I think she's a great communicator. And I'm sure it's not her. I'm sure this idea is not original to her, but she said, everyone is everyone is asking me, what can I do? What can I do? And this in the immediate wake of Ginsburg's death. And she said, you should ask yourself, what do I want to give? Mm. Don't say, what do I have to do? Say, what mm. do I want to give? And I was like, oh, mm. Gain, like internal mind switcheroo. Yeah. And so I did the phone banking and I was like, this is not working for me. And you have to set up rewards for yourself. Like I, like I told myself, all right, if I do one hour of phone banking, I can watch eight hours of The Bureau, <laughs> which is this French spy show that I've watched all weekend instead of being online. I think I literally watched 16 hours of this TV show this weekend. You have to have little rewards for yourself. But obviously, if you're doing something that you want to be doing, Mm-hmm. Then you'll just do it more and you'll be more enthusiastic about it. So I'm going to try texting this week. You can sign up for the 2020 Victory National Text Team training on the Biden-Harris website. All right. And I'll report back next week. Should I watch the Bureau? Yeah, it's the greatest show ever made. All right. Other um, profit issues, <laughs> capitalist issues, we, we need to talk about um, the T-shirts. Oh, yeah. We have T-shirts coming. No, we got them. They're not coming. They're here. 
Are they? But do you want to do it now or in the credits? Just say it somewhere. What's the link? And know the link. I'll find the link. Hold on. It's tpublic.com slash store slash election profit makers. So go. No, that link is a 404 for me. Hold on. It's the election profit makers. Is, it's got hyphens in it. It's election dash profit dash makers. It's a terrible URL because T public, you don't know how it's spelled. Then it's store versus stores. So you do that. Then you got all these hyphens. It sucks. Yeah. But how come when I go to yeah. T public and search election profit makers, nothing comes up? I just did it in Google and it came right up. I, don't, I mean, I'm trying right now and I, it's, I'm not getting any hits on T public. But you couldn't find American movie on iTunes. So I don't. Oh, wow. The zing. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I know who I'm banning next week. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to bit.ly. I'm going to make a bit.ly link for us. Oh, fuck. Do it, John. Okay. So it's going to be like bit.ly.com slash EPM shirt. No underscores, no capitals. And then it'll just it'll just redirect. Is that all right? Yeah, do that now. Uh, I can't get into bit.ly right now. It doesn't have my password. I could just this do it This is what my- it was like dialing these Wisconsin voters. What we're dealing with right now, this is what it was like. Okay, here. Can't I'm gonna- we say- Just say, we have t-shirts. See if you can find them. <laughs> <laughs> First person to post a picture of them wearing one of our t-shirts gets 10,000 bands. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hunt these t-shirts in the dark woods. John, are you there? No. Where is he? Nope. Just wait a second. I think I've got this figured out. Guys, thanks for hanging with us. We are really figuring out the link to these t-shirts. Almost. This is live coverage of John Kimball finding the bit.ly link for the Election Profit Makers t-shirts with around-the-clock coverage of this breaking story. It keeps saying something went wrong. John, is it safe to say that you're gaining right now? I'm going to put an EPM t-shirt. Okay, we'll be back with you later in the episode. Between the three of us, I think John is the most optimistic. What about you, David? My attitude right now, and I think this is borne out by my behavior this weekend, is to not even think in terms of optimism or pessimism and just keep my head down and do what I think is useful. Like, I honestly have not spent much time thinking about, like, does this help or hurt? It's just like, all right, what am I going to do for the next 30 some days? Like, yeah, what? we're on the beach right now, you know, storming the beach on D Day. It's like, we don't yeah. have time to reflect. It's just like, You got to just keep moving forward. Yeah. I mean, we got the election coming up. We're about to storm these beaches. Meanwhile, I'm already in a foxhole getting shelled every which way by these bands (laughs) that keep popping off over my head. And I'm just struggling to keep my head above water with all these bands and collating these bands. The path of destruction is getting ever wider. The corpses litter the field every which way. After week one of the band wars, we saw a shocking and very invigorating explosion of bands and we have we are now cresting the hill and when i look down below me and observe the carnage i see exactly what i wanted to happen which is retaliatory bands protective unbands retro even got some retroactive bands these are people who are banning other family members from listening to the podcast in the past we have time travel bands whoa the innovation with these bands is very exciting to me and once again for those of you who have never never been in a foxhole with the epm crew before we are raising money for voting rights organizations like fair fight or the brennan center or some foreign listeners are giving to the aclu or the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. You make a donation, you send the receipt to contact at electionprofitmakers.com, and then you are allowed to ban someone by name from listening to our podcast. We are the only podcast in the game that is raising money by banning people from listening to our podcast. Our goal remains 
zero listeners by election eve. We want everyone banned. So, without any further ado, let's get to this week's bands. John? Pressure. Getting higher difference is you stay drier. Philip H. has banned Coach Mike Krzyzewski. Do you like that, John? Uh, I do like that. He's out. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> Jeremy Jackson bans his roommate and friend, Brandon. Brandon, you're banned. Get out. Carolyn Q. bans Mike Bloomberg from all public life. Now, I don't know if our bans extend beyond the realm of election profit makers, hmm. uh, but I second this ban. Mike Bloomberg just needs to open up his wallet and leave it on the table and, get, and walk the fuck out of the room as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Don't ban his money. We don't ban your money. We want your money. But everything else other than that, you're banned. Bobby S., my old friend from the Air Force, I would like to ban the architects of those skinny high-rise condos that have ruined the skyline of Manhattan. Oh, thank you. You know what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Sean writes in, with this donation, I ban Natalie Steinman. She's the love of my life. She tells me she loves me back, but she has never listened to election profit makers despite my many entreaties over the past five years. Goodbye, Natalie. You had your chance. Your chance is gone. You're banned. Gabriel S., my friend Jenny Benevento refuses to listen to my opinions about pizza. She needs to be banned from EPM. Jenny, you're gone. Drew S. bans Brooke Shelley for endangering her cat with a Roomba. Mm. And then Drew S. made a second donation. Okay, listen to what's about to happen. Oh, I swear to God, this is like Dostoevsky. Already the chaos that I crave that gives my life meaning is, is in full flower. <laughs> so Drew writes back with a second donation. Please ban my friend and coworker Christine Lee. Not being able to listen to election profit makers will free up more time for her to deliver more value to our shareholders. I thought, I like this guy, bloodthirsty capitalist. Then who do I get a ban from? Christine Lee telling me you need to ban Drew. He's already terrorized our friend Brooke with a ban. In addition, he introduced me to predictit.org and election profit makers. I've already lost $80 Ooh. and he gave me a bad Kamala Harris tip, which caused me to lose out on a bunch of money. For these reasons, I urge you to ban Drew S. from listening to election profit makers forever. Now, here's an interesting situation, my friends. We got Drew on the one hand donating money to ban Christine. We have Christine on the other hand donating money to ban Drew. Drew thought he was Mr. Big Stuff, Mr. Big Ban Around Town, banning two different people. But guess what, Drew? Christine's donation was bigger than your donation. I unbanned Christine mm -hmm. and double Christine's ban on you. You are banned forwards and backwards in time. Nice try, Drew. You're gone. Bye, Drew. Bye, Drew. Bye, Drew. Thank you for playing. We got a ban from uh, Lee S., Dear election profit makers, all my life I've wanted some enemies. Oh, already I read this and I was like, you and me both, friend. I see this ban war as a perfect opportunity. I'm sure there are people who will be seeking to ban the three of you. Kid Midas, Starley Quinn, and John. Surely not me. I am responding by requesting a ban bounce back on whoever seeks to ban you. Imagine those who would seek to ban you eagerly listening to the podcast only to discover their ban has bounced back and they are the ones that have been banned. I can only imagine from that point on, they will seek revenge against the trickster who banned them. I will finally fulfill all my enemy desires. Lee made three separate donations. One is a band bounce back for Starley. One is a band bounce back for John. And one is a band bounce back for me. Anybody who was hoping to ban us from hosting our podcast... First of all, we thank you for your open mind and your out-of-the-box thinking, but you are going to have to overcome 
these sandbags that Lee has placed around us. If you're going to ban us, you need to bring out the heavy artillery. And by that, I mean a big, fat, funky donation. And they get banned if they ban us. It's a ban bounce back. Yeah, it's what I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me, sticks to you. I mean, this is a Sun Tzu right here. This is the art of war right here, right? <laughs> yes. Kate banned last week and she's back this week to do more bans on behalf of her beloved Paulette Jordan. She said, I'm coming back with another ban. I want to ban everyone in Idaho who isn't planning to vote for Paulette Jordan. Even if she believes in aliens, she is still the best shot Idaho has at getting a Democratic senator. (laughs) Wait a minute. She believes in aliens? I guess so. Well, actually, what Kate wrote was, even if she believes in aliens, etc. I was like, "Mm, that etc. Okay, I might have to get into Paulette Jordan to see what's going on here. I believe in aliens. What? I mean, mathematically, there's got to be aliens. Okay, I'm going to be like Ezra Klein on his podcast. I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to circle back to that later. For now, I need to focus on these band wars, but we will come back to you believing in aliens. That's very provocative to me. Brian Stoner says, please ban Aaron S., the person who banned Merlin Mann. As some of you will remember, last week, this guy, Aaron, decided to ban Merlin Mann. Okay, that was the shot heard around the world. Because listen to all these people who have come to the defense of Merlin Mann, super podcaster. David H., EPM is one of the few things that Merlin talks about on other podcasts that actually sounds joyful. I'm worried what might happen if he's denied the show. So David H. donates money to unban Merlin Mann. Then Taylor in North Carolina says, I know you want everyone banned, but I would like to use my donation to potentially unban Merlin Mann. He doesn't know me, but he held a Muni door for me and my one-year-old daughter five years ago. Merlin, you're not listening to this because you're banned, but somebody tell him that this person, Taylor, (laughs) remembered this small act of kindness that you showed her and her daughter, and she has come to your defense, and she is donating money to unban you. Then we got this guy, Ben B., saying, I believe a war crime was committed with the heinous ban of Merlin Mann. Then he says that if Merlin Mann is banned, then he's donating money to ban John Hodgman unless his ban money can be used to unban Merlin Mann, in which case he wants it to go to that. But if we have a no unban policy, then it should go to John Hodgman because he wants everyone to be unhappy. I'm into it, but I think we're going to unban Merlin Mann because my old friend Paul Saborin wrote in and said, this is like, okay, this is stirring stuff. I wish to ban myself specifically I volunteer my self-banning in exchange for the unbanning of Merlin Mann, who was so unjustly banned by another party. I hope you will hear my Katniss from Hunger Games-like Bananation exchange request, and you will take mercy on me, ban me, and unban Merlin Mann. So here's the decision. We got five guys writing in in an absolute panic that Merlin Mann was banned from listening to the greatest podcast of all time, Election Profit Makers. Mm -hmm. They all donated so much more money than the dude who originally banned Merlin Mann. I think we have to rescind Merlin Mann's Mm -hmm. ban. Do you guys agree? Uh, Yeah, money, money talks. Bullshit walks. Someone go knock on, I don't know if Merlin has roommates. One of Merlin's roommates, put down your bowl of cereal, go (laughs) knock on his door and say, good news, brother, you're unbanned. Kid Midas is extending his his generous hand. And you have to knock loudly on the door because he's probably wearing headphones, playing video games. Super Mario Kart or something. Yeah. We're going back now to check in with Helicopter Tony as he tries to create that bit.ly link so that people can buy the Election Profit Makers t-shirts. Helicopter Tony, how's it going over there in internet land? We have eyes on a Helicopter Tony. Uh, It's not going great at at the moment. Someone is in over his head. 
I'm not. Yeah, you are. You truly don't know what you're... We've been working on this for 30 minutes. 30 minutes to get this link. What a piece of shit this thing is. Are you talking about your helicopter? Zach wrote in, he said, regarding these ban wars, can you offer the full benefit of a ban if someone volunteers at their local polling station? Now, this is getting back to when we were talking about resources, time and money, and what do we have to give between now and the election? This guy is saying, what if you don't have a lot of money, but you're willing to volunteer at a polling place? We should all be voting by mail, Zach writes, as we do in Oregon and have done since forever. All right, I got to stop. You got, wait, wait, wait. You got to say Oregon, not Oregon. Oregon. No. It's Oregon. No, it's Oregon. Oregon? Yeah, you got to give respect to... You. That's how people from Oregon say it. It sounds weird, but that's how they say it. Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Zach and the OR. We'll just call it the OR. That's fair. He's saying, will we honor bans if someone agrees to volunteer at their polling station instead of donating money. My gut says, hell yeah. I kind of think we should offer double bans if people are going to volunteer at the polling places. That's um the earn the mixtape of 2020. Yeah. John, are you good with that? Yeah. You're, you, you're putting your body on the line. You are in the line of fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also this guy, Zach, it turns out he was Patreon subscriber number 666. Hail Satan. We do whatever you suggest, Zach. This is Zach... Dialing. This is the first time, long time, calling in from the depths of hell. North Carolina. Zach, you have made a new rule of war. Anyone who's volunteering at a polling station or whatever for the election, send us some kind of proof and you get double bans. Pressure getting hotter. Difference is you stay broader. <laughs> Ban roll on for the broadest bodies. What rhymes with hotter? Alex K. Hi, election profit makers. Can you ban Beckett? Wait, what? Can you please ban Beckett? He is a tiny centrist. (laughs) He's actually gotten pretty big. He's at that point. (laughs) Beckett, I'm going to stick up for you here. Beckett is at that age where his arms and legs are like, like he can step over. <laughs> he can step over Manhattan condominiums at this point. <laughs> this dude, this kid is is a lanky, a lanky young fellow. He's a tiny centrist. He should be banned. But he did do a really good job on those DNC reviews. Beckett, you're banned. I can't remember if this is the third time or the fourth time, but just <laughs> you can't listen anymore. Mary in Chapel Hill bans her friend Brian. So he can spend more time riding his bike and drinking wine. Ooh, That's good. I like that. I like that lifestyle. Yeah. Jenna O, please ban my husband, Joe. He listens to EPM while hiking alone in the woods. It's dangerous. Take out your earbuds before you get mauled by a bear. Okay, I respect that. That's a, that's a safety That's a safety ban. We, we honor that ban. Joe, you're done. You can't listen to EPM in the woods. Darren L, please ban Andrew H for rarely contributing to our group messages recently, except to shamelessly evangelize for this podcast. We hate to ban a member of our street team building this incredible grassroots buzz that we have. But Andrew H., the rules are the rules. Darren made a donation to a voting rights organization, so you're banned. Now, this is confusing to me. I wonder if there's something going on here. Then Matthew P. writes in and says, I would like to ban Andrew H. of South Bend, Indiana. Andrew is such a shameless evangelizer for the election profit makers. He must be stopped. This has got to be the same guy. What are the odds that there are two Andrew H's out there evangelizing on behalf of our podcast? This guy's double banned. Wow. Andrew, you're done. 
I wonder if they started a separate group, a, a side group text without Andrew on it to come together. To- oh, my God. This is just like the Bureau. When I watch the Bureau, it's like French people made <laughs> a TV series about what it's like to host our podcast. You never know where you stand with anybody. You never know what your allegiances are. You're always having meetings at the table in the cafeteria. Oh, wow. Matt Whitson. My stupid friend, David H., has for the second time gotten y'all to erroneously... Oh, oh, shit. This is an answer to a mystery from last week. Hmm. Matt Whitson writes, My stupid friend, David H., has for the second time gotten y'all to erroneously memorialize me on this podcast. It ends here. I humbly request that he is banned permanently. Also, he's dead. Rest in peace. Joe McLaren. Hi there, EPM. I'm banning my 15-year-old son, Frankie. I've asked him to listen to your podcast in the past and he won't. But now that he's banned, he'll want nothing more than to listen as an active teenage rebellion. Oh, ho, 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 ho. brilliant. <laughs> A father's psychology. Frankie, you're banned. Bye, Frankie. You're banned from listening to this podcast. It would be a grave transgression if you were to ever listen to this podcast now that you have been solemnly banned by middle-aged people. Who's going to join Beckett's army? Austin B. writes in and says, I need you to ban Helicopter Tony's number one biggest fan, Rai Chan A. Rai Chan A, you're banned. Bryce writes in, I recently learned about your show thanks to Judge John Hodgman. I love it. I told my friend Jenny in Washington, D.C. to listen to it, and she gave it a try. I came to learn that while listening to her first episode last week, she was actually wearing her Pod Save America t-shirt. So obviously, she must be banned. Jenny, we were happy to have you for one week's listen, and thank you for joining us on this journey, but you have committed a grave offense by wearing the shirt of a rival podcast while listening to the best podcast, and therefore, you must be banned. Talk about ignoring a deathbed wish. Yeah, exactly right. Eric R. bans uh, his wife, C. Gritty. C. Gritty, you're gone. Jake says, I'm a public school teacher. I'm using my teacher discount. Okay, I think he made up that discount, but he's using it with such confidence that, yes, you you have manifested this discount and we will honor the teacher discount. He's making two bands with one donation. First band is he's banning his two sons who are eight and 10 years old. Yeah, they need to be banned. So, so wait, that first band is. Yeah, this guy's. His teacher discount is like, this is like jujitsu up in here, this public school teacher, because not only is he making one donation for two bands, his first band is to ban two people. This guy must be a math teacher. (laughs) He says, so my two young sons were eight and 10 years old last election. They loved election profit makers the first time around. It was a pretty kid-friendly podcast, especially for kids who were Going Deep fans. Oh, they watched my hit Smash TV show, Going Deep with David Reese. Thanks. This time around, they keep asking to listen to the podcast, but I have told them that David has gone wild, and he says the F word all the time now, so I don't let them listen, but they keep asking, so I need you to officially ban my son, Sam and Jonah. Sam and Jonah, I'm sorry, but you're, you're banned. You can't listen to this podcast. It's too grown up. And then for his second ban, he says, I want you to ban the idea that this is a once every four years podcast. We need all three of you to keep this going after November. Well, that's going to come down to money as well, but we can talk about that later. Let's keep the ban. Pressure, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting hot. The difference is you're not. And then we got Elijah writing in. This one, this one made my heart proud. You know, you know how exciting it is when you're a military recruiter and you find some wide-eyed, dewy-faced kid and you realize 
within this awkward adolescent body beats the heart of a warrior. I'm going to turn this child into a soldier for my own nefarious ends. That's how I felt when I got this email from Elijah. My name is Elijah. I'm a high school student, an election nerd. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Then in parentheses, John is my favorite of the election profit makers. (laughs) Big surprise, Elijah. You're a high school student and an election nerd and you like John Kimball the best? Hmm, okay. I would like to hereby ban... Joe Kennedy III from listening to election profit makers. I live in Massachusetts. His primary was unnecessary and a transparent power grab. Now Joe Kennedy will not have a House seat, a Senate seat, or the election profit makers. He doesn't deserve helicopter Tony on the ones. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Elijah. Joe Kennedy is banned. He made a donation to Vote Latino. Thank you for that. That's another good organization you can support to register young Latinx voters. Austin A, please ban Sasha Kremenetsky. She's banned. She'll deal with it, he says. Wow. Wow. Sean N, ban, ban, <laughs> Sean N, ban Paul Frasco. You're banned, Paul. You know what it is? It's a lot of listeners banning their friends who got them into the podcast. And I like that because we don't care about old listeners. We always want to be shedding. In finance, we call this churn, right? We just want to keep the churn going. Get rid of this dead weight, these old listeners who've been listening. We always want new listeners. We crave young flesh. We crave, you know, pure virgin blood. We're vampires. We're psychic vampires. Okay, we're psychic vampires. We have so many bands that that's all the ones we have time for this week. Bands getting lengthy. Next week, we'll have plenty. Everyone thought John Kimball was the voice of that old band roll-on commercial. I'm going to be John's voiceover manager. We're going to make so much money in the deodorant sector. I cannot wait to make that deodorant money. <laughs> if we didn't read your band this week, we have received your band. We will get to it next week or the week after that. So I would say this. If you were banned last week, and you're hoping to be unbanned this week, and you haven't heard your unbanning, then I'm afraid you're still banned until such time as we read your unbanning on next week's episode. So for certain DJs who come from Wisconsin, I can't say you're permanently banned, but I can say as of this episode, you are still banned. So Corey, you need to stop listening to this podcast because you are in violation of the rules of ban wars. And these are real rules that exist and are objectively true on an ontological level. I'm sorry. Thank you for your donations. We've raised over $3,000 for these voting rights organizations. I know we can raise more. I know you guys are in a frenzy about this election. So throw some money at these organizations. Don't worry about the campaigns and the candidates right now, especially not Amy McGrath. And then send us the receipt and we'll get to banning some people because the bloodlust is, I hate to use this phrase, but the bloodlust is such a mood. I could go to Target right now and buy a little throw pillow or like one of those weird little pre-printed things that they put on canvas like art, but it's done on a computer that's stretched (laughs) on canvas. And it would just say like the bloodlust and then in cursive is and then in block letters underneath. So real. And then it would have all this blood everywhere. When when you combine the bloodlust of a general with the bloodlust of a vampire. Oh my God, you got blood, bloodlust coming and going. Because one loves to shed blood and the other loves to ingest. It's like blood in and blood out. That's me. I'm a vampire general. That's what you should call me. The vampire bandmaster general. All right. (laughs) We come back now to Helicopter Tony still struggling with this bit.ly link to sell the election (laughs) profit makers t-shirts. He was recently quoted as saying we have a URL, folks. Wait, what? Okay, breaking. Hold on. Starly. Starly, are you hearing what I'm hearing? I am. I'm here. Yes. yes. Everybody go to www.bitly.com slash EPM t-shirt. That's bit.ly.com slash EPM t-shirt. That's it. And that's confirmed? 
That's confirmed. EPM t-shirt, all one word, bit.ly.com. Is T the letter or the word? It is the letter. Okay, you're about to be happy because that link doesn't work. It works for me. Oh, it has to be all lowercase. It's case sensitive. Yes, it's case sensitive. Oh my God. This is why you have domain names. Dr. Domain name. Wait a minute. Go to electionprofitmakers.com and there's a link. Fuck me. David, can you add a link? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, should I do that now while we keep recording? (laughs) Why don't we, let's just do this, Nick. Can we just wait one week, John? No, we got to start making money. Here we go. Finally, by popular demand and to satisfy our own inexhaustible creative impulses, Election Profit Makers is pleased to announce the official EPM Class of 2020 t-shirt. There are two stunning new t-shirt designs available for our beloved listeners. Go to the following link and all will be revealed. Bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash E-P-M-T shirt, all lowercase. Bit.ly slash E-P-M-T, the letter T, shirt. You will see two designs. We'll see how these two designs do, and perhaps more will follow. I will say, Helicopter Tony flying over the Charlotte skyline looks quite attractive, and I trust you'll enjoy our design regarding American cucumbers. Good. So go to that link or just go to your search engine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Patreon people, yeah. we are going to mail a discount code to all of our Patreons. So if you are on Patreon, hold off until you get the discount code so that your money can go further because we'd rather have you save a little money on these shirts so that you can spend a little more money on these bands. Shirts and bands, that's what it's all about for the next 30 some days until this election is over. Shirts and bands, helicopters and cucumbers. All right. Wow. Election profit makers We're is We're not doing a, next week's bets or anything? Next week's bet. Uh, bet... <laughs> Uh, no on all the Supreme Court nominees and try to get negative risk over there. Sounds good. I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to go no on all the Supreme Court nominees. I'm going to try to get some negative risk going on over there. Took the words right out of my mouth, Long John Silver. Yeah. Right, Starly? Yeah, right, yeah, Starly? yeah, yeah. I was about to say, you and I, I think we're both about to say exactly the same thing, but John just said it faster. Yeah. No, actually, you know what I'm doing? I'm buying more shares of Cal Cunningham. Cal Cunningham is going to win this fucking Senate race down in North Carolina or I'll eat my own hat. Let's go. Everybody, we've got, got to, got to, got to get Tom Tillis out of that Senate seat in North Carolina. Right now, uh, showing me in the red on this Senate seat, that just means I need to invest more money and turn this market. I'm so ready for Cal Cunningham to beat Tom Tillis. Let's make it happen. I'm going to keep putting money into the electoral college market because right now, almost in every configuration I win, and then if Biden manages to get... 280 more electoral college votes. Even if I lose my money, I'll be so happy that it won't matter. Psychological hedge. All right, John, do the credits. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Go to www.predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 and receive up to $20 in matching funds. How's that sound? That was good. 
Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to the show so you can get the show as quickly as possible. Please keep telling your friends about this show so that they will turn right around and stab you in the back with a hot, sweaty band. I love it. Thank you for spreading the word about Election Profit Makers, the only political podcast raising money by actively banning its listeners. Mm -hmm. Our goal remains zero listeners and zero hosts by Election Eve 2020. We can do it. Left behind. Silent final episode is our goal. White noise. Fall asleep to this podcast on election night. 440 hertz hum or whatever the best hum is. I can't remember. All right. Say goodbye. (laughs) Farewell to one and all. To those that have been banned, goodbye forever. For those who have survived to listen another week, best (laughs) of luck. We hope to see you next week. But remember, your future is unwritten and could be yanked away from you at any moment, thanks to these crazy bands. I'm David, and I'm saying goodbye to my friend Starly. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. And also, I'm saying goodbye to my old friend John. Goodbye, old friend John. Bye. See you guys on Twitter. Hang in there, everybody. 